Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship, your weekly conversation about horses. I'm John Hare. On today's show from New Jersey, we have the founder of In the Company of Horses, Marianne Brewer. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? Hi, John. Good morning. I'm super good today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, You're in Pemberton, New Jersey, and I'm in California. Is that correct? I think we're probably exactly opposite of each other. <laughs> I think if I drew a straight line to California, I'd run into you. <laughs> probably. Well, tell us a little bit about In the Company of Horses and what you do. Oh, thank you so much, John. Well, In the Company of Horses was founded actually for a need to do equine-assisted psychotherapy and learning. Uh, there was an organization that wanted, and this was back in 2006, they wanted us to bring horses to their institution. And at the time, equine-assisted learning and equine-assisted psychotherapy was pretty new, and they didn't really know that we were going to really do therapy. They, I think they really thought we were just going to have people pet and brush the horses. Right. It was so much more than that, you know. So I partner with mental health professionals and uh, we do experiential learning. We don't teach people anything in that arena. We allow them to learn by doing. So we might set up a theme or they might set up a theme and then strategically ask questions based on what actually happens and what the horses do. And it's, it's a powerful learning experience, experiential therapy or learning. Marianne, give me an idea of what a theme might be. Oh, sure. Well, some people come to us because maybe they are experiencing loss. Um, you know, maybe they had a loved one who passed recently and they're mm. looking to find their way in the world, maybe without being coupled to somebody who was very close to them in their life or their family. So that might be a theme. Or we've had companies come to us. There's lots of corporate headquarters around here. We've had companies come to us and they were they were planning a big change in leadership and they wanted a smooth transition. So they would bring all their um, organizational people out and we would set up this theme called transition or leadership or consensual leadership, shared leadership, you know, how to make actually a transition. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then we've also, we've worked a lot with people who are in early recovery from drug or alcohol addiction. Um, and primarily in the last several years, we've been really helping with the young people who've been affected by the opioid crisis. Then you interlace those themes with horsemanship? Well, we interlace those things with experiential learning. So the horses actually are the ones that do the work. Like in horsemanship, you know, I teach people about, you know, do this or do that. or um, and, and really in the equine assisted learning, what we really experience is who you're being. And the goal is to have your outsides match your insides, right? So people will come into the arena and they'll say, okay, well, I shouldn't let them know I'm afraid, right? Well. Right. That's impossible, (laughs) you know, because our body has symptoms when we are feeling fear. We might have an elevated heart rate or we might have, you know, a shallowing of our breath. You know, we might hold our breath. You know, we might have a stiffening in our body. We actually even give off particular pheromones sometimes. smells. you know, like you'll start sweating when you're nervous or afraid. Well, horses, they can they can detect all of that stuff easily. So there's no hiding. So part of what we might help people do is really 
um, help them to see that they can real and who they are and their outsides can just match their insides. You know, they don't have to put on a mask and pretend to be someone they're not. Right. You know, that's a, it's a giant gift really to people. And what you'll see is the horses will often, they'll just come and want to be around people when they're just being honest. Like some people will cry and some people will laugh and, and the horses are really attracted to that, that honesty. And I, I call it honesty because I do this in horsemanship too. I say, you know, we just need to get honest about who we are. And I'm not suggesting that we're going around lying. Mm -hmm. What I'm suggesting is, is we're going around and putting on our brave face, the one that society tells us we need to, to have. So as for an example, if I could, John, we know the rules in horsemanship. You've got to show them who's boss. Don't let them know you're afraid. Never get off your horse because then your horse wins. Right. You know, all those conversations, right? Well, those things are are not really honest. If who you are is a person who's all about hugs and loves and squeezing and being friendly and not forcing anyone or anything in your world to do something they don't want to, and then, you know, you get with a teacher and they say, you've got to make them do it. You've got to show them who's boss. So many of my clients come to me and they say, I'm so relieved. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just be me. And what happens is, is the horses just melt right into that relationship with that person. And they're not getting pushed on or bitten or stepped on or run away with because the person actually got honest and they just showed up to be who they are. That would be the biggest question that people would have is that if you have a disrespectful horse and you start loving on it and petting it and giving it treats, it sounds to me like you might exacerbate that situation. How does this work? I'm having a little hard time getting my, my brain wrapped around that. Oh, and John, you're not the only one. It's such a great question because it's not like I want you to be hurt or injured. You know, I want you to protect yourself like you would protect yourself in any situation where potentially you were going to get hurt. And sometimes Women have a really hard time with that. Like I had a client who had a little, she had this little, one of those little four pound teacup little dogs, you know? And I said, I think her name, I don't remember her name. I think it was Lady. But I said to her, I said, I want you to imagine that Lady is standing right there in front of you. Like there's no way you would let your horse step on your little dog. You would do whatever was necessary to say, horse, don't step on lady. And sometimes you need to use like, what if it was a little, your little grandchild, whatever it is, like whatever I notice that people have in their life that's special and important to them. Like they don't want to talk to their horse and say, horse, be careful. Except if you put that little two-year-old grandchild out there, you bet that grandma would be saying, horse, you be careful of that baby right there. So they would bring up their clarity and their boundaries and it wouldn't be out of being mean it would be completely honest it wouldn't be because somebody's saying you need to make them stop doing that it would be because holy mackerel i need it would be like the mama bear would come out right i need to protect that baby so i'm not suggesting that all you're ever going to do is love on your horse but you're going to do it out of love Like you're going to talk to them out of love, out of either love for a little lady or love for your little grandchild. 
And that horse is going to understand that. It's not going to come from a place of being the boss or being mean or being the dominant one or being the alpha horse or whatever. You know, you're not be you're not pretending to be someone you're not. You're being completely honest. Horses respond to that. All horses respond to that. But but they respond in different ways. And what happens if you get a response that you you don't want? Like what? Like for example, say you're say that kid or that dog that the horse just doesn't like dogs and that horse goes after that dog and you stand in the way. I mean, do you just keep working with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't maybe necessarily stand in the way. Maybe you have some sort of, maybe you have a rope and maybe you talk with your horse or maybe you claim your space. Like I will pick up whatever I can find. I'll pick up a tree branch if I need to, whatever's around me. I'll pick up whatever's natural in the space. I'll pick up a handful of sand or a pebble. I've been known to even pick up a piece of road apple there <laughs> when you <Right>. see it. <laughs> whatever it is, if my, if my, because my horses are fine, but if I meet a horse who is not responsive to my clear picture and my energy that's projected in a space, and maybe even my physical presence, I will pick up something, anything I can find. For the most part, when I have a client, you know, usually they already have a lot of patterns in place between themselves and their horses. So sometimes we might have to start with really just walking with your horse and having maybe walking down a fence line. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you're in an arena, right? And okay. the fence is on your right. And then you're going to be next to the fence and your horse is going to be on your left. And that's unusual for people because we're typically told don't get squished between you and the fence, right? right. Your horse and the fence. But what you want to do is be able to claim the space between you and your horse. And the fence line actually helps them to not run around you. Because sometimes what will happen if you start being up your energy and like putting some stuff in that space, whether it's your rope or even your physical body. Like I say that horsemanship is a, is a full body contact sport. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the exercises in my program is we put, we play imaginary ball with each other. And the goal is, is what kind of energy do we need to use to get this particular ball from me to you. To toss a beach ball would be very different energy than if you were going to toss a hard baseball. Right. Or if you were going to throw a football. Or if you were going to even play uh, the other kind of football, soccer. (laughs) You know, the only thing you can't use are your hands, right? Mm -hmm. So you might use a shin or a foot or a thigh or you know, us women have these powerful hips. We might actually use a powerful hip to send some energy. But then we have to make sure that we're sending the energy, but that it gets received on the other side, that the horse actually receives the energy. So we've all seen this in the pasture, right? One horse will look at another horse and they'll toss their head and the horse will move out of the way. Right. That's exactly this exercise. But we have to be willing and able to maybe back it up if that horse doesn't believe that 
our energy is actually going to be received. So we have to be willing to call them out on it. So we start with people. So John, you and I are playing volleyball and I toss you this, this volleyball, right? I hit it with my hands and you somehow catch some other ball. Like all of a sudden you're playing like beach ball or you're playing baseball or softball or football. I'm like, John, that's not the ball I sent to you. Like, it's my job to make sure you receive the energy I'm sending. Sometimes there's this place of uncomfortableness where you don't understand or you don't understand yet. And that can be an uncomfortable place. But we have to be willing to say, of course, that is not the energy I sent to you. Because sometimes you might send a little, a bubble over, you know, just a little, little soft, little soap bubble. And they'll act like you just through a giant right yeah like something exactly and that's not the right answer either in your relation-based horsemanship program are you working more on the rider or on the horse oh the people i teach people okay here's why too john because if i can teach you and then you can help your horse and then you can help the next horse you get or you can help your entire herd And then maybe you can teach your neighbor or you can teach the kid down the street who comes over and rides one of your horses. Or maybe you're a teacher. If I can teach you, you can teach lots of people. Then we're going to start really changing the way horsemanship is done. It's no longer going to be this dominance and hierarchy kind of top down, show them who's boss, you need to be the leader kind of idea. Because truthfully, the way horses actually interact naturally, and I, it's hard for us to see this in our domesticated herds, but in a, in a true feral herd, there's what's called consensual leadership, right? It's like whoever has a good idea and convinces the herd that this is a good idea, you know, they're, they're like, okay, because they want to be together. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not that the dominant horse says, everybody, we're crossing that creek right now. And if we don't, I'm going to get my stick and string and I'm going to get my lead rope and halter and I'm going to hit you until we get, that, we get across that water, right. Right? right? But that just doesn't happen. Somebody has a good idea. Oh, there's lush grazing on the other side of that water. All right, everybody, I'm going. Are you coming? Like I've seen my 30-inch tall little miniature pony take my entire herd out to the lush grazing, through the creek, out into the front yard. And there's no way anybody would say that she's my lead mare. You know, there's just no way. Like my horse patches, like she has her, now let me just say, Maya is like 30 years old and she's missing teeth. So for her, that soft grass is the easiest, best thing for Mm -hmm. her to eat. Much easier for her to eat that than it is for her to eat the hay. And it's, a, it's just a great idea. And everybody says, I'm going with her. And before I know it, the whole herd is out there with her. Like Patches, she's really good at seeing things far away. I mean, she'll stand there on high alert and notice everything that's happening all at the woods line. And the herd looks. And if Patches is not in motion saying, everybody, we got to do something, the herd is like, okay, she's got it. If she's in motion, she's like, everybody, we got to do something. All of a sudden, the herd is like, okay, everybody, we got to go. She is in no way my lead mare, but she has her own special gifts that she brings. And so do you, and so do I, and so does every person who has a horse. You have your own special gifts that make you a valuable part of your 
herd, even if it's that you're a herd of two. Well, that's pretty good, Marianne. I I like that analogy. The nature of the herd animal is that they want to be together. And we really need to take a good look in the mirror if they don't want to be with us. If I can't leave my herd with one horse without them screaming and trying to get back to them, I have to wonder, who am I being that my horse doesn't want to leave with me? So I have seven horses. And truthfully, John, it wasn't always this way. You know, it used to be I'd try to take one and they'd do nothing but scream the whole entire time. Yeah. So I know what it's like to not have it be this way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all really good information. If people want to find out more about your relationship-based horsemanship program, where can we send them, Marianne? The best way to find me is obviously online. You can use my name, MarianneBrewer.com. And that'll take you directly to my horsemanship page. Mm -hmm. And because uh, my company is in the company of horses, you can also find me there in the company of horses.com or marianbrewer.com. Those are the best ways to find me. I'm certainly happy to share my phone number with people because that's certainly another way that you can reach out and find me. Is that okay to do that here? Do you want to put that in the show notes or what do you think? I can do it. I can do it either way, whatever you want. Well, we'll do it both, and that way okay. people will be able to reach out. It's just 609-330-2444. And then you can just email me at uh, Marianne at MarianneBrewer.com. <laughs> I'd be happy to share. And I'll put all those in the show notes, too, so that people can uh, refer back to them. So that's great. Perfect. Well, this has Perfect. been very fun, Marianne. Thank you for sharing your philosophy about horses and horsemanship with us. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me, John. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today, and I look forward to seeing what happens on Woe Podcast in the future. Well, that'll do it for this show. Thanks so much to Marianne Brewer for contacting me and telling me about her company in the Company of Horses and about her relationship-based horsemanship. Very interesting topic. I hope you'll check out Marianne's website and Facebook page. If you have a story, I want to know about it. I want to know about you and your horse. What was your toughest lesson? What was your easiest lesson? What surprised you about owning a horse? How much have you had to learn? What can you share with us that will make it just a little bit easier on the next guy? If you have a story, you can email me at john at woepodcast.com. Or you can record it using like the voice memo app on your phone and send me that file. Or contact me and we'll get together and do an interview over the phone. Either way, I want to know what's going on with you and your horse. Remember, you can find every episode of the Woe Podcast, and we've been doing them since 2012 now, on woepodcast.com. Please find us on Facebook too. Join the conversation. Share some posts, share some comments. Facebook is a great way to get together. And it would be great to have you guys more active on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now I'm even posting them to YouTube. We're just about everywhere. There's no excuse not to listen. And if you click that subscribe button, you'll never miss an episode. It really means a lot to me to hear from you and to hear your emails about how much you enjoy the show. Thanks again for listening to 
and sharing the podcast with your friends and writing buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, it's Bakersfield, California, and 105 degrees. And I got to turn off the air conditioning so I don't get the hum over the microphone. Uh, What I don't do for you people. (laughs) Hehehehe.